Hey, welcome to the Transforming Life Church podcast. We hope this encourages you and inspires you in your journey with Christ. So sit back, relax, and check out this week's message. Hey, we're so glad that you're here today. Uh, We've got a great uh, message for you today, Uh, a message entitled Move uh, to More. But before we get into that, um, I just want to celebrate real quick. Um, you know, Don Collins um, goes out and does prison ministry. If you didn't know that, he goes out to Hope City and does prison ministry. And a few weeks ago, he came out and said, hey, Pastor, I just want to tell you, we had two salvations in our prison ministry. Uh, this was a couple weeks ago. And so that's awesome. Praise God. This is all about sending people out and doing ministry. It doesn't just have to happen in the church. And we also had a, a person uh, give their life to Christ last week in our service. Did you guys enjoy Alan Griffin last week? We had a great time last week. If you missed it, now I know how it is. When we have guest speakers, people tend to say, oh, we'll just take this week off. I get it, right? But but you miss out, right? We had an amazing time. And again, like I said, someone gave their life to Christ. So that is incredible. We celebrate life change here uh, at Transformer Life Church. Um, so, getting into today's message, um, you saw the video talking about more. More, more is amazing, right? Listen, my kids, we have such a hard time, and, and maybe if you're a parent, you, you understand this. We have such a hard time getting them to eat sometimes. Um, I don't know what it is. Like, I love food, so I don't know what the problem is, why, why they don't want to eat uh, sometimes, or at least eat when we ask them to, or eat what we ask them to. I, I guess it's just part of parenting, but, um, but my daughter is really funny, because she'll eat and uh, she won't finish her food, and, and, she, and she'll have this, the most pitiful face, and look at the horror tongue, Daddy, tell me, I'm full, I don't want to, but can I have cookies? <laughs> can I have a snack, Daddy? Well, you need to eat your, you need to eat your food first, but I'm, I'm full, my tummy's just so full, but can I have cookies? Okay, so what you're saying is, is, is you just don't want to eat what we want you to eat. You're, you're, you want more, just not uh, the right thing, right? Uh, parenting is so, so fun, right? Um, it is. It is a great joy, but it can be frustrating at the same time. Anybody with me today? But hey, more, more is better though, right? We, we all love more. In fact, there's some things that we would have, rather have more of uh, than others, right? We all love more stuff. Right? We all, we all want more stuff. Uh, uh, Haley and I, we uh, moved a couple years ago into a bigger home uh, right before our daughter was born. Um, and we moved into a bigger home and it was like, man, there's so much room for activities, right? There's, there's room for more stuff. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's just what we want, to, to spend more money, right? Um, that's great. But we all, want, we all like to get more uh, stuff. Anybody like to have fun, right? We, we all like to have more fun and that's a good thing. Okay. Uh, it, it, all work, no play, that's, you know, that's not necessarily healthy. Sometimes it has to be like that, though. But it's not necessarily that we need to enjoy uh, life at times. So more fun, uh, more fun is great. I know all of us would like more time, right? And it just doesn't seem to be enough hours in the day uh, sometimes, right? And I know we'd all love to have more time. Um, this is my favorite, and, and I, I alluded to this earlier, but more food. Um, sometimes my eyes are bigger than my stomach. And then what happens is my stomach gets bigger, and it's just this revolving thing, this vicious cycle that continues to happen, right? Anybody with, with me today? You don't have to admit that if you don't want to. That's okay. But, uh, but man, more food. Let, you know, let's go back for seconds. I love buffets. I, if you want to go out to eat, you can always say a buffet, and I'm, I'm there. I love, I, love, I love Fred's. Fred's is my favorite. favorite. Oh, yes. Come on. Y'all felt the glory right there. I heard it. I heard it. Fred's is amazing. I love it. Um, but we all like more food. And then uh, certainly we'd all like to have some more money, right? We'd like to have more money. 
Um, many of us could, could say that today. More is great. More is better. More is fun. More is more exciting. More is more fulfilling, right? We all love more. Hey, anybody like good news? I don't know if you could use some good news today, right? I think we could all say that. We, there, there's all kind of crazy stuff going on around us. In fact, we got to where we just don't like to even watch the news on TV. It's just bad news all the time. It's like, seriously? You guys can't find anything good to report on today. Any of us want good news? Well, here's some good news. I have some, some good news for you today. Um, there is more for you. Look at your neighbor and say, there's more for you. There is more for you, but it's nothing like the world has to offer. It's nothing like um, what the world even knows. It's not power. It's not success. It's not status. It's not wealth. It's none of those things. But do you realize that everything that we could ever need or want is found in God? And it's not about accumulating more stuff. It's not about accumulating earthly, worldly things. But it's about accumulating everything that God has purposed for us. And it's all about Him. It's all about Him. It's different. Listen to 2 Peter 1.3. His divine power has given us everything that we need for a godly life through our knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and goodness. God wants to move you to more. God wants to move you to more of Him. More of His purposes in your life. More of the things of Him. More of His power. More of His presence. More faith. Um, just more of Him. And many of us are missing out on more of God because we settle. We settle for comfort, we settle for average, we settle for ordinary. God wants to move us to more, but not all that other stuff that we think we need more of. You're following today. Turn to Luke chapter 16. Luke chapter 16, we're going to look in verses 1 through 13. This is in the middle of some teachings that Jesus uh, is kind of giving. Uh, there's multiple parables in and around this particular parable that we're going to look at today. The parable of the shrewd uh, manager. And Jesus is teaching uh, all over the place. Man, you've you got to understand, Jesus came on the scene and he, he changed things. He shifted the way things were. He, he's trying to change religious mindsets and, and come against this religious attitude toward dealing with people and, and when it comes to the things of God and the kingdom of God. And, and, and Jesus comes in with this parable of the shrewd manager. And let's check it out here in Luke chapter 16, starting in verse 1. Jesus told his disciples there was a rich man whose manager was accused of wasting his possessions. So he called him in and asked him, what is this I hear about you? Get an account of your management because you cannot be manager any longer. The manager said to himself, what shall I do now? My master's taking away my job. I'm not strong enough to dig. I'm ashamed to beg. I know what I'll do. So that when I lose my job here, people will welcome me into their houses. So he called in each one of the, uh, his master's debtors. He asked the first, how much do you owe my master? He said, 900 gallons of olive oil. The man then told him, take your bill, sit down quickly, and make it 450. Then he asked the second, how much do you owe? A thousand bushels of wheat, he replied. He told them, take your bill and make it 800. The master commended the dishonest manager because he had acted shrewdly for the people of this world are more shrewd in dealing with their own kind than are the people of the light. I tell you, Use worldly wealth to gain friends for yourself, so that when it is gone, you will be welcomed into eternal dwellings. Whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. And whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much. So if you have not been trustworthy in handling worldly wealth, who will trust you with true riches? 
And if you have not been trustworthy with someone else's property, who will give you property of your own? No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you'll be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we love you. We thank you for this day. God, I pray that you would speak into our lives, God. Lord, so that we could step into more of you, God. Not so that we could get more blessings. Not so that we could get uh, more of these things maybe that we're thinking. But God, so that we could simply have more of you in our life. Because in you, we have everything that we could ever ever need, God. In you, our souls are truly satisfied. It's not in stuff. It's not in earthly things. It's not in wealth. It's not in any of these things that we feel like would help us or satisfy us. They may give us momentary pleasures, but God, those things fade. So God, help us to hold on to things that will last, that are eternal, God, that are things that you have purposed for us. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, I want to pull out a couple uh, things for you out of this passage. And then I want to I step into some practical things uh, for you uh, today. But the first thing is this, uh, out of this passage. Uh, we have to view everything as eternal. <clears throat> we have to view everything as eternal. Right? What can you leverage for the kingdom of God? Is it your time? Is it your talents? Is it your abilities? Is it your story, what God has is, is done in your life? Is it, is it your money? What is it? Is it your kindness? Is it the love of God, what He's done in your life? What, what is it that you can leverage for the kingdom of God? Maybe it's your experience. Maybe it's things that you've been through that you can, you can help other people through. There's so many different things that, that we can insert uh, right there. But what can you leverage for the kingdom of God? We need to understand that every day that we're given is a day that we can seek more of God. It's a day that we can do more for God. But so many times we go throughout our day focusing on all kinds of other things. Because, yeah, we've got to go to work. We've got to do this and we've got to do that. We've got to take care of our family. We've got to do all these different things. But are we viewing those things as eternal? What can we do for God even in those everyday average things? Everything we have is God's. Everything that we have has been blessed to us by Him uh, through His amazing grace. He's blessed us with it. So what are you doing with that? Are you stewarding it? Well, our lives were given by God and for His purposes. We need to understand that. That, that we're not on this earth for us. And I know that's kind of, it messes us up sometimes. It messes with our, our idea of why we're here. This but really, we are here simply because of God. And because of that, we need to understand that we're here for his purposes, and that's it. So what can we do every day to leverage what God has given us for him? In this passage, Jesus is pointing um, to the fact that the worldly people are sharp enough to leverage what they have uh, to better their own interests and their own welfare. On the contrary, though, in contrast, believers are often not heavenly minded enough to use their earthly abilities and possessions to promote spiritual and eternal interests. We're not eternally minded enough to see God in, in, in everything and to view things as eternal. What if we lived every day knowing that, wow, this might be our last day? What, what, what did we do to make a difference in the world? What, what if we lived with eternity in mind and, and seeing that, wow, God, there's people that may die and go to hell. And then we, we need to, to do something each and every day, right? View everything as eternal. When Jesus is the center of our lives, we live in the more than enough. Because he has more than enough for us. But when we don't surrender fully and we live our lives in our own abilities and our own strengths, we're going to constantly be dissatisfied. 
There won't ever be enough. We're going to constantly be reaching out for more, reaching out for this thing and for that thing. We have to live with eternity in mind. Everything as eternal. The second thing I want to pull out of this verse is this. Obedience opens opportunity. Obedience opens opportunity. Opportunity for what? More of God in your life. Obedience opens opportunity to serve Him. Obedience opportunities more of His power and His presence in your life. Obedience opens opportunity. Look at verse 10 in our passage. It says, Whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. Whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much. So many of us think, if, we can just, if I can just get in a better spot, man, I'll give more. No, you won't. No, you won't. If I just, if I had more time, Pastor, I, I, prom- I would serve, I would get involved. In- no, no, you won't. No, you won't. If I, can, if I can get my issues fixed, then yeah, then I'll share Christ and then I'll, I'll, get, I'll get more devoted. No, no, you won't. If I could just get rested, Pastor, if I could just kept on uh, rest and everything in life, then, then, then you know, I'll, I'll be more committed and I'll be more involved. In- no. No, you won't. You're either going to be trusted when you have little, or you're not. You're either going to give when you have little, or you're not. You're either going to be fully involved and committed, or not. It's the simple fact. I know that's a hard truth to swallow, but, but it's the truth, and, and that's what it is. You're either going to do it, or not. If we want when we have little, we won't when we have enough. And we won't because we're not operating in the power of God. We'll be operating in our own power and not trusting that he is more than enough. Yeah, it doesn't seem like on paper that I don't have enough. But man, if I put him first, I know he's going to honor that and he's going to come through. Obedience opens opportunity for him to show up. Why operate on your own when, when we know that God is more enough? We preach it. You see it in God's word. We know that God is more enough. But why do we still try to do things on our own? We try to control all these things. But... Let's give it to God. Let's surrender it. God is more than enough. Can you say amen today? At the beginning of the year, we talked about how we want to go from surviving in this church to thriving. Right? You guys remember that? We talked about that in January. We want to go from surviving. You guys have been in a survival mode for, 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 for too long now. Let's go into thriving so that we can do more for God, so that we can reach more people and, and do more for, for the Lord. And so what we did is we challenged you guys to give more, to serve more, to share more, and to uh, attend more. Right? So if we want to move to more as a church, if you want to move to more in your own personal journey with Jesus, this is how we do that. You guys ready? Okay, here we go. Now this first one, we just, we're going to get the elephant out of the room. We're going to get this big one out of the way, okay? And we're just going to do it. You guys ready? Here we go. First, you have to move from tipping to tithing. We have to move from tipping to tithing. Do you trust God or not? When it comes to giving, people get so tense and, and people get so upset when the church talks about giving. But, but don't get upset when the church talks to God about it. He's the one that tells us to do it. Because it's a matter of trusting Him in that area of our life. And the number one thing in contention with our heart is our money. Are you giving your all in this area or are you holding back? It's a matter of trusting God, do you trust that he is more than enough? I get it. I've been there. I've seen the bills. I've seen what money is coming in. And to say, geez, I don't, I don't know if I can. First of all, the tithe is meant to be a first fruit. That should come out of your gross income right away. That, that's, that's biblical, okay? And many people try to argue that, 
Oh, tithing's not biblical. You can go on YouTube and there's people that try to say that tithing is not biblical. But I don't understand that because it says pretty plainly right there that, well, it's Old Testament. Yeah, the whole Bible is given to us. We need to read the whole Bible and, and, and use it for our life. If God didn't want you to know it, he wouldn't have put it in there. Old Testament, New Testament, period, right? In fact, you can go back. Tithing is a principle. You can go back to the creation. God's been teaching it since the beginning. What did he tell Adam and Eve? He said, you can eat from every tree in the garden, but what? But one. It's the same principle. I think God says, you get 90% to live on, right? But the 10 is mine. Trust me in this area. It's the only place he says it's testing. This is mine, leave it alone. You live off of 90. Come on, 90 is good, right? 90 is good. That's an A in school. That's good. I'm okay with the 90. The majority of it, God's just asking for it. And he said to Adam, you can, you can eat over all this stuff, all these trees, all these things I've provided, but, but don't mess with this one tree. Don't mess with this one tree. And they still couldn't do it. They still couldn't do it. They didn't trust that God said what he said and what he meant, who he was. We have got to move from tipping to tithing and trust that God is more than enough. Tithing is a test of our faithfulness and obedience to God. That tree of the knowledge of good and evil that God told Adam and Eve not to eat from, that was a test of whether they would be faithful and obedient to God. Tithing is the same thing. It's a test for us to see, are we going to trust him in that? That, that 10%, putting that first as a first fruit offering and giving that to him first. And when you trust uh, God, he, he's going to bless you. It's not just about the blessing though. But he's going to bless you. He's going to take care of you because he's more than enough. You'll get more than enough. So that you're taken care of, that your needs are taken care of, and that you'll have a greater capacity to bless others. We are blessed to be a blessing. We are blessed to be a blessing. So, so watch out because I, I can put a stamp of guarantee on this. And many of you in this room can attest to this. If you start this principle of tithing, you do it right. You're giving the tenth and it's your first fruit. Out of your gross income, I guarantee you, you will see God move. It'll blow your mind. On paper, it's not going to make sense, but that's just how the kingdom of God works. Okay? And if you'll trust God in this area, he will show up and he will show out. And you're just going to be like, I don't, I don't understand it. I don't get it. I don't get why this is working. And that's okay. We don't have to understand it. We just have to trust God. God is simply looking for our obedience. He's looking for you. Are you going to obey him in this area? Do you trust that he's more? And then watch out. Because once you start doing it, once you start getting it, and once you start seeing it, it's going to open up the door to, to, to giving above and beyond that. Then you're going to start sacrificially giving. Then you're going to see, like, this is amazing. I want other people to get this. I'm gonna, you're just going to start making it rain. You're going to start passing out money to people and blessing people. Go watch out, man. Because God will move if you will trust him. Amen? So if we're going to move into more as a church, if you're going to move to more of God as an individual in your own individual journey with Jesus, we have to move from tipping to tithing. Some of y'all don't tip your waitress real good. Christians are the worst, in fact. My wife was a server in, in high school. Christians are the worst. On Sunday afternoon, people know when the church crowd comes in and they're the worst tippers. Why do we do that? That's an opportunity for us to bless people. That's an opportunity for us to show the love of God. And I don't care if their service was bad. Maybe they're having a hard day. Like you ain't never had a bad day before, right? Anyway, that's, that's just extra for you today. We have to move 
from tipping to tithing, to move into more. Number two, to move into more, we have to move from sitting to serving. We have to move from sitting to serving. Here's the deal. You were made for more. You were made for more. God has given you abilities and, and blessings and, and talents and, and, and gifts and passions so that you can grow and develop and, and, and become everything that he wants you so that you can live a life of purpose. And we believe in pouring into you and helping you develop those gifts and those abilities and those passions so that you are living a life of purpose. We want you involved. We want to give you a place to serve and, and, and be involved in, in our church and using those gifts and those passions so that you can do what you were divinely designed to do. Paul talks about giftings in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Verses 4 through 7, he says, Now there are a variety of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of ministries and the same Lord. There are varieties of effects, but the same God who works all things in all persons. But to each one is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. You guys have giftings and abilities, some of which you haven't even really tapped into just yet. And God wants to use, those aren't meant just to have, and oh, this is great, I can do this, Woo. God wants to grow that. God wants to use that. Not even, not even really just uh, talents and abilities and passions, but God has done something in your life that He wants to use now. That, that testing, those difficult things that you've been through, those struggles you've been through in your life, you think that was just God playing around with your life? Oh, God's going to use that to speak into someone else's life. If you, if you let it, if you follow Him, if you, if you give that to Him. But we want you to be involved here at, at our church. So if you're not serving somewhere, find a place. Find a place that you're passionate about. Find a place that you can use your giftings. Listen, we are better together. Paul also talks about giftings in a manner of the fact that we are the body of Christ. That each one of us has a different part in that, that bigger picture. Okay? Listen, if you, if you were to ever accidentally... Somehow lose a finger. Let's say you, something happened, fellas. You, you were using your saw and you weren't paying attention and you cut your finger off. Heaven forbid, right? Your finger was once part of your body, but now it's been dismembered. So that finger loses its function, your hand loses its function, and that's no good, right? That's no good, right? You are part of the bigger picture, each and every one of you. And if you're not involved and you're losing your gifts and your abilities and your talents, then something is missing. It loses its function. The church loses its function. Do you see that? Do you see that? Don't be dismembered. Get involved. Find a place to serve and be involved. Our church is better with you involved using your gifts and talents and abilities. My kids love puzzles, especially my son. We have all kinds of puzzles. We have big pool puzzles with the big pieces. He's got, he's got uh, you know, 100-piece puzzles, a little bit more difficult. We've got all these pieces. But it never fails. We open one of those puzzles up and we put it together, and there's pieces missing, and they're always so sad and disappointed because they, they want to finish it. It's like kind of OCD, kind of kicking in. Oh, okay, it's not complete. It's not complete. And it's the same thing in the church. If you're not serving and you're not involved, something's missing. Something's missing in your life, and our church is incomplete. Get involved. Get involved. Find a place to serve. Not just to be a body somewhere, but somewhere where you are going to be able to uh, develop and cultivate the gifts that God has given you. So if you don't like kids, don't go in kids' ministry. That's okay. I'm okay with that. That's good. If you don't like kids and you, can't, you, you don't have the patience for them, don't be involved in kids' ministry. That's okay. Find somewhere else. That you're, what are you passionate about? 
Are you, are you passionate about like, helping the homeless? Well, we have a homeless ministry. We have a food pantry. Uh, you can see uh, Miss Erna or Miss Mary, and, and they'll hook you up. We, we've got a, I mean, we serve about roughly 30 families a month, sometimes more, to our food pantry every week. We're serving our community that way. And there's other things that maybe, maybe you're gifted or maybe you just have a passion for. And if we don't have a place for it right now, we don't have a ministry for it, we'll create it. Because we want you involved and serving and using your gifts and talents and abilities. Right now, at the top of my head, uh, we need volunteers on Wednesday night for girls' ministry and boys' ministry. Again, we believe in our kids. And we want to pour into them. We want our young men learning how to become men, godly, good, godly men, great men in a world that is extremely lacking in that area. We want to, we want to touch our, our girls' lives and let them know that they have purpose, that they're, they're more than, than just what the world says that they are. We, we want to pour into them and, and invest in them. So if, you, if you're interested in that, you can see Caesar for, for the boys' ministry. You can see Ruthie for girls' ministry. And, um, and, and let's go in and help them out and make those ministries amazing and mentoring these young kids. Kids' ministry in general, we just need help with. Uh, John needs help over in, in kids' church. Once a month is all we're really asking. If we all chip in once a month, it's all you would have to give. I know, I know it's difficult. You want to come hear me preach, right? I get it, okay? But we have it online. We have a podcast. We have a live feed. We, we have it. It's out there. I know it's, it's more fun because, you know, it's more. We're talking about more to be in here with everybody else. But, but we need you guys serving and involved. Kids Junior, we need helpers. So that, so that the same people aren't serving all the time and getting worn out and burnt out. Because we don't want that either. That's not healthy. We need help in our nursery. Man, I want to open up that infant nursery room. We need some young families in this church, right? And we're going to get them. So that infant nursery needs to be ready. We need people available to go in there and love on these babies. It's more than just changing diapers. It's, it's rocking them and, and speaking over their life and, 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 and saying, you are more than a God is going to use you. You've got great plans for your life. If, see, if you view it with the right perspective, it's, it's more than just work. This is what we want to do here. But we need your help, all of you involved, all of us coming together and doing our part, working in our giftings and talents and abilities. If we want to move to more and what God has for us, if you want to move to more in your life and what God has for you, in your own individual journey with Jesus, we have to move from sitting to serving, from tipping to tithing. And number three, from being shy to share. We have to move from being shy to share. God has done so much in your life. And if you can't think of anything, then hold your breath for a little bit. Because he's given you breath inside your lungs to breathe. He's given you a new day. We all have something to share. God has done something in every one of your life. And we just need to step up, be bold, and share that with other people. The way that we're going to grow this church is by reaching people. Out there. At your jobs. At the store. At the soccer field with your kids. Teaching your kids how to, how to share their faith in their schools. It's going to happen out there. It's not going to happen right in here. This is amazing. This is a place where we grow and, and we're encouraged. But we got to reach those out because they're out there. So we have to move from being shy to share. We have to share our story. The Great Commission is the church's commission, but it's also your commission. Matthew 28, 19 through 20, Jesus said, Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I'm with you always in the very end of the age. The gospel is something for all of us to share. 
Not just the pastor, not just the leaders in the church. All of us. God has done something in your life. He's done something in you and through you, for you, so that you can share that with others. Who are you sharing the love of God with? It can really be that simple as who are you loving on? Maybe, maybe it's just picking one person a week to say, man, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk to them. I'm going to make it a, an effort every week to try someone new and just speak into their life. And I'm not saying you got to go up with the Bible and you get one of them Gideon Bibles, them little bitty ones, and, and you got to go. It's just simply loving on people. Right? It's just simply. So that they see the love of Christ in you. It's that, it's that simple. But, but who are you sharing the love of God with? You can share the love of God through praying for others. Whether that's in your own quiet time and, and someone comes in your, your mind or you're, you're just thinking about that one person and you're praying for them. Or if you see a need and meet a need, wherever that you are, you hear someone is sick or you see someone limping around and you say, hey, let's pray. God can heal you. Right? You can share the love of God through prayer. You can share the love of God through, through gifts. Maybe it's just blessing someone. Maybe it's God lays someone in your heart and it's like, man, I feel like I need to get. And it's not necessarily money. Maybe it's just baking cookies for your neighbor or whatever it is. Sharing a gift with them. Blessing someone else. Sharing just through kindness. Share by inviting people to church. We have these really cool touch cards out by our cafe. Cafe, you guys grab them. Use them every week. That's a great way to just simply say, hey, um, why don't you come check out our church? We'd love to have you. Facebook posts, you can share those. If, if we post something uh, about an event or, or about the next week's message or whatever, share that in your own walk as if we're all individually sharing that, if you're on Facebook. If you're all individually sharing that, you all have different uh, uh, circle of people that you're around. I'll share the live feed on Sundays and it boosts, not that I have like all these amazing tons of followers or anything like that, but, but, but we'll go from like 130, 140, just, just the regular live feed. And by, by just me sharing it, it bumps up to like 500 people. So if we're all just sharing that, it's, I know it's different, but it's just the modern age that we live in. We can, uh, Facebook can be annoying sometimes, if we're real honest. It's a lot of drama, it's a lot of stuff. But we can leverage it for the kingdom of God. So you can share these life-changing messages with someone. Uh, if you're watching live, hey, how's it going? We love you, thanks for watching. But, um, but let's just share that. Share the live feed and then check in when you're at church. There's a Facebook check-in that says, you know, where you're. I don't personally like doing that because I don't want people knowing like where I am all the time, because it can get... But you know, if, you, if, you, if you check in at church, that lets people see, oh, hey, they're, they're at church today. I wonder what church they go to. And then it just opens up this ability conversation. But we've got to move from being shy to share if we're going to grow this church and if we're going to move into more of what God has. Move from shy to share. And then the last one, to move into more, we have to move from being casual to consistent. Moving from casual to to consistent in our attendance and in being involved here at the church. It is so much better when everyone is here all at the same time worshiping together. It's, it's a beautiful sound, worshiping together with everybody. It's, it's the, the, it, just, it just feels different. I don't know how to explain it. We don't need everybody to have the presence of God, but it is more. It is better when we're all here together as a family worship. As you know, if you, if you were to ever invite family over, let's say for Christmas, and you invite family over, and everybody's like, oh, I'm kind of doing my thing, because, you know, people get married, and they move on, and they got their own family things, and it, just, it can be just huge spaghetti noodles all, big mess, right? And so you miss people when they're not there, right? 
So if you're there and it's just you, dad, and grandma, that, I mean, that, I'm sure you guys can have a good time, but it would be so much better if everybody was there, right? We miss you guys when you're not here. It, it, it's, it's incomplete when, when you're not here and when you're not, when you're not involved. And I get it. I get it. I know you're going to go on vacation. You should go on vacation. Okay? So I get it. You're going to miss sometimes. You're going to have to go out of town. You're going to have to work. And there's all these, I, I understand. Okay? I'm, not, I'm not trying to, to tell you you have to be here every week or we're going to kick you out. Or we're going to shun you or anything because we're not going to do that. But if you'll be more consistent... You're here. It's so much better when you are here. I get, I get Sunday's family day for a lot of people. I understand that. But what better thing could you do than to bring your family to church and invest in your life? I'm, I'm going to say something. You can get mad at me if you want. You're going to have to ask Jesus for forgiveness if you want to go ahead. But um, parents, if you're inconsistent bringing your family to church, and then when they grow up and they go to church and they're inconsistent, don't, don't question why that is. You, you hear me? I, I know that that's hard, but you are modeling for them. If, if everything else is more, if sports and if all these other activities are more important than church, what do you think is going to happen when they become old enough to, to go to church on their own? You, you hear what I'm saying? Let's go from casual to consistent. This is another way to move to more. Hebrews 10.25. Do not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day approaching. Listen, you don't have to go to church to be saved, right? You don't have to go to church to be saved, but you do have to go to stay that way. Because this is a place to come and to grow in your walk with Christ. It's a place to place to come and get encouragement through the things that you're going through and the issues that, that you're dealing with. Church helps you in so many, there's so many great benefits. Did you know that church is actually good for your health? Studies show that regular attenders have less stress and they make healthier decisions because of the support that they get and because there's just a refreshing feeling when you're in God's presence in His house. It's better for your health. Number two, it helps you through hard times. If you're going through a difficult time and you, and you come to church and there's brothers and sisters that can come alongside of you, and even if it's just a hug, even if it's just an ear to, to listen to what you're going through, it helps you. It helps you through those things. It helps you find deeper meaning. Again, we want to help you work in the giftings and abilities that God has, has given you. It helps you find deeper meaning in life. It connects you with others for fellowship and support. We are better together. We were not meant to do life alone. God did not design us that way. He in and of himself is relational. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. He created you in the same manner with his image and likeness. It connects you with others for fellowship and support. And it's great for your family. Again, we want to give your kids amazing worship experiences as well. It is great for your family. To move to more, we have to move from tipping to tithing, sitting to serving, from being shy to sharing, and from being casual to consistent. Worship team, you guys can come up. We want to thrive. We want to thrive. I want to move this thing forward. I want to see what God has for us. I don't want to be limited by these things. I don't want to be limited by my finances. I hate that. I want to trust God that, that He's in control. I want to trust Him with the finances here at our church. But that involves you and your giving. I want to trust God that, that we 
um, are able to steward the people that come in, these new people, the lost that we're trying to reach. I want to be able to steward them well because we have people in the right places that are serving and they're giving their time. I want to steward the things of God well, but we, all, we are all the church. The church is not me. The church is not our board. We are all the church and we have to do our part. Let's take things up a notch. We're kind of still in survival mode. We're not quite there yet. Let's kick things up a notch. Let's take this thing to another level, but it's going to take all of us. God wants to move us to more. Are you ready? Do you want to go to more? Do you want to go into the things that God has for us? Let's move into more. Why should we expect God to give us more or to bless this church or to do anything in our services if we don't steward the people and the resources he's given us? But together, together we can accomplish so much for the kingdom. Listen, we can go faster alone, but we can go further together. I want more. I want more of what God has for us. I want to I go into everything that he has for us. And I'm not asking you to sell all your stuff. If God asks you to do that, though, you need to be obedient to him. But I'm not asking you to sell all your stuff. I'm not asking you to give your car away. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying whatever God wants you to do. Whatever God wants you to do, I want you to be obedient in that. But I'm not telling you to sell all your stuff that you got to give all your money away. I'm not, I'm not saying all those things. I'm not telling you you have to be here every time that the doors are open just because I am. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not telling you that. I'm not telling you that. But what I am trying to teach you is the fact that we need to be obedient to God and what He's calling you as an individual to do. We need to be obedient to God and what He's calling us as a church to do. Verse 13 in our passage today closed out and said, you cannot serve both God and money. You can't serve two masters. You can't serve both God and money. Let me add this. You can't serve both God and your desire. You can't serve both God and the world. We're either all in on this thing or we're not at all. With God, there's no gray area. There's no middle ground. The, the call to Christ is a call to come and, and die and to surrender us and not die. I told the youth, I said, not die literally, but, but die to ourselves and, and, and die and surrender and just give, give our lives and our all to God and make Him the center of it all. If we put Him first, everything else will be in order. If we put Him first in our finances, our finances will get in order. If you put Him first in your family, your family will be in order. In fact, serving God will make you a better father. It'll make you a better husband. It'll make you a better person. It'll make you a better worker if you give your all to God. It's all in or nothing. Are you all in today? Are we ready to go deeper? Are we ready to go further together? Are we ready for more? If it's important enough for you, you'll find a way. If it's not, you'll find an excuse. If it's important enough that we serve God, that we know Him, that we love Him, you'll find a way. If not, you'll just make excuses of why you can't be here or why you can't give or why you can't be involved. Let's move into more. Let's leave comfort. Let's leave convenience. Let's leave our our opinions and our own mindsets. Let's leave our feelings. Let's leave everything move into more. Move into what God has for me. Won't you stand up with us today? Are you ready for more? 
I'm ready to move. I'm ready to go. There's lives at stake. There's people that are hurting. There's people that are lost. There's people that need Jesus. I don't want anything hindering. I don't want anything in. I mean, the, the light is green for us. But we oftentimes put up the stop sign. There is opportunity that God wants to give you. There are things that God wants to do in your life. And it all has to do with Him and His purposes and His glory. Hey, thanks for tuning in this week. If you'd like more info about our church, if you'd like to make a donation to our ministry here at Transforming Life, go to www.tlchurchpc.com. If you haven't been to our church yet, we would love to meet you. Come by for a life-changing experience. God bless.